It's time for the Masters of the Universe Chronicles commentary, focusing on a classic episode as we join the hosts, Chris Vint and James Etock, and hear their thoughts on their chosen episode. Hello and welcome to the third installment of the Masters of the Universe Chronicles commentary. I'm saying that slowly so I don't slip up like I did in a previous tick, which you'll not hear. But uh, my partner in crime to help me along with this uh, commentary is none other than James E. Talk, who knows all about Master of the Universe related. Not Master of the Universe Chronicles related, which I said earlier on. I thought I'd put that in there, James, just to... You know, just so the fans know that we're human and slip up from time to time. Error, errors can be made. The best of us make errors. Simple as that. James, what episode are we talking about today, then? We are going to be doing The Time Corridor, which is actually one of the... Uh, that's my little voice for it. Which is actually one of the earliest, earliest, earliest scripts um, developed, conceptualized by a filmation. But we'll get into that as the episode progresses. Okay. Now, every time we're mentioning the time corridor, are you going to do that voice, or is that just a one-off? It's just a one-off. That's all you're getting. If you want to hear it again, you have to go back. <laughs> That's going to scare me. Okay, <laughs> so are we ready for the lethal weapon countdown then, James? Three, two, one. Okay, I'm ready. Okay. Three, two, one, play. Oh, it scares me whenever he punches the screen and we hear the bing of filmation presenting Master Yeah, Master Universe the Time Corridor. Now, James, I was talking to Mr. Larry Dottilio on the show and uh, I, G Dottilio. <laughs> I, uh, I believe this is the episode he was talking about that just wouldn't die, that had a stake in it and everything. I believe so, the, the script that wouldn't die because, as I said at the beginning, this is... um. One of those episodes, there were a few, there was like, oh, I'm trying to remember them all now, there was there was like about 50 to 60 odd episodes that um, Filmation writers, I believe it was Robbie London primarily, sat down when they first got the idea of Master Universe or the, the, the series Bible for Michael Halperin, and they said, right, we've got this, we've got to churn out all these, we've got to churn out all these episodes, everything was going on at the same time, you have to understand, there wasn't like a process of start, middle and end, it was like ideas were being developed, so they come up with all these episodes, and one of them was called The Time Machine, and it was basically about, uh, Skeletor builds his Castle of Evil, was the name, in the past to prevent the existence of Castle Greyskull, which is kind of, you you don't call it the Castle of Evil in this episode, oh, just to point out, rare title card there, the only time you will ever see that um, background for a title card, uh, which is actually Blood Falls from Snake Mountain. Anyway, um, yeah, so in, in the original premise idea was, it was that Skeletor goes in the past and builds his Castle of Evil, which, like I say, he does, but it's not called the Castle of Evil in this. Um, and yeah, and Larry, uh, that script kind of floated around and they couldn't figure out what to do with it, and then ev- eventually, as far as I know, Larry Tilio got the script, and just rewrote the entire thing from scratch. So you had, you know, the the basic co- the premise was there. Skeletor goes to the past, builds a castle, but it was the the body of it was completely different. Mm. More and here we see one of the only episodes, if I remember, of Fangman, and one of the few episodes that we actually see Triclops in of one of Skeletor's henchmen that we don't actually see an awful lot of. I, it's one of those weird things. I was a Big, big, I don't know. Don't ask me. Why. I was a big fan of uh, Triclops and Trapjaw. Always my favourite two of the evil warriors. Now Trapjaw did got a fair share, but Triclops, for some unknown reason, hardly got. I think he 
I can't remember how many episodes. It's somewhere in my brain somewhere. But he he didn't make that many appearances. And it might be because his character is... I don't know. I was going to say very much one trick. But then all the evil warriors are one trick to an extent. But they never... Whenever he appeared, they didn't seem to give him much like... He wasn't a bumbling character. He wasn't a, you know, an evil, evil character. He was just like a bloke with a three eyes visor thing. And that's kind of all I think the writers saw him as. There's never going to be an episode called, you know, The Triumph of Triclops. That would be cool. But, um, yeah, I was always quite gutted. And Fangman um, was, uh, I believe, one of the um, Mattel... Because Mattel would always go to Filmation. Here's our new toy concepts. Um, and certain toy concepts would become characters in the cartoon, but the toy concepts would never be realised. The toys never actually appeared. Um, so, for instance, I, what I believe is Fangman was one of these characters that was developed by um, Mattel. It's like, here's some sketches. Information are like, yeah, we'll do this. And then it never went anywhere. You know, the toy never got made and the character made one appearance. Would funny that thing be is the same for Lizardman as well? Oh, Lizardman, yeah, Lizardman definitely is... Um, <laughs> Lizardman, actually, his story is quite weird, but uh, yeah, he he makes two appearances, but like um, like Fat Man, he's a one-shot character, like Strongarm as well from She Demon of Phantos. But the um, the interesting thing about Fat Man is it actually says in the script that he uh, has the ability to breathe sleeping gas. Obviously, someone else would breathe sleeping gas, Cobra Khan. So you wonder if well, maybe he was a precursor to uh, to old Double K, as I like to call him. <laughs> I have to remember that. So here we are in Castle Greyskull. And uh, very, very, an early feel to the series with this one. It's like the sorceress speaks slightly aloof. Like, uh, you know, welcome to Castle Greyskull. Something's happening. And they're like, what? What's going on, sorceress? And it's all very, you know, very rushed. Not very rushed. Very, like, um, mysterious as opposed to, welcome, Prince Adam. How you doing? It's all very <laughs> informal or formal. Formal. Just come in, get out of my castle, and get the scene too. Because then in. I'll have nowhere to live. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so my, my home's up for demol demolition. We've got to go to the past. They're like, Sorceress, what are you on? This is crazy. But I, this is, you know, again, one thing I, I like about these early episodes. Very mysterious. Very... We'll say hammed up, like kind of thing. It's very, very overly dramatic, and you got like the sorcerer delivering this speech. Prince Adam's shocked look, <laughs> and then within seconds he's like, "I'm going to grab that sword of power and do what I do." But I just, I just like the way this is all very, you know, dramatic. Then let's do it, and he takes out the sword. And Cringer gets a little bit of interruption, and we're back to the transformation. I always love those <laughs> little Cringer interruptions because. They could, you know, it, the I think the the writer's thing was that the transformation is supposed to take like three seconds. It's like shebang, you know, by the power of Grace Skull, and then he's He-Man. But obviously, for visual, uh, you know, a visual treat and to kind of realise the transformation a hell of a lot more than it is, they give and and to cut costs because formation just had to duplicate a piece of film and insert it. Mm -hmm. uh, it was made into this very grand thing. But obviously, you know, if it took that long in every episode, there are certain occasions when He-Man would die. <laughs> so they, you know, it was all left to the imagination, I guess. I sort of thing, like uh, Secret of the Sword, whenever Cringer goes, oh, well, this looks like d -d 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 double d -d -d trouble. And yeah, and he's like, 
Well, it's like the other one is uh, one of the best ones is um, Into the Abyss because transforms into He-Man that takes like I think a minute and a half or something. But if you look, because in the previous shot, Man at Arms has got his mace, and in this episode, you for beat some me reason, to it. Oh, <laughs> I wanted to point something out here. Obviously, you know, the sorcerers said, you know, Orko, your magic will help them. So, like any person who's on holiday or whatever, He-Man decides to then shout at them, not go like, yeah. you know, it's like, we come from eternity. Uh. <laughs> we are friends. We want to help you. That's right. It's true. But yeah, the, the, just going back to the Man at Arms Mace story, there's for some reason it's one of those episodes, if you look, there are numerous shots in this episode where Man at Arms is holding his um, mace, the one that came with his action figure. And it's it's really odd because in the model sheets, Man at Arms was drawn with his mace, but in obviously in the episodes they omitted that. But for some reason this episode has him wearing it all the time, wearing it, carrying it all the time. And also in the um, in the script it says Zalora should look like Teela, and facially she does, and a lot of her <laughs> animation is taken from the Teela rotoscope. Uh, Dragosaur. Oh, uh, this is a weird one. Man, Arms blaster doesn't work. It's never really explained why. Oh, and of course, Orko's magic is stronger. That was very very backwards. <laughs> yeah, it's like, this isn't Troller, this is just the past, but they, I don't know, there's these weird things, it's like, uh, you know, magic works. I think Man at Arms would have decided, here, we're going in the past, I just need to set this timer on this to make sure that it actually works. Because yeah. Eddie would have probably invented that, you know, like he has everything else. Well, it's, it's you know, I, I just, he's got a lot of inventions for a lot of occasions, but, uh, actually he does get out a, um, does he get out a ladder in this one? Yes. It just happens to be carrying a ladder around. <laughs> He-Man theme song kicks in, so you know it's going to be some action. It's renamed Man at Pockets. <laughs> Here he goes. Yeah. I just have to be carrying... Look at that! Where was he keeping that? It can't be any worse than where He-Man puts the VHO, but that's a... That's a nice <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> oh, I remember this. See this that moment when Orko does the shrug as he goes through the Dragosaur. Mm-hmm. I remember in the sticker album that came with, uh, you know, one of the Panini sticker albums from the cartoon, had like the first ten ep- episodes or so. And um, there was like drawings from the episode as well, and someone had illustrated that. And from, I remember as a kid looking at that image, I thought Orko and the Dragosaur were friends, because the illustration is the Dragosaur looking at Orko, and Orko's doing that little smile. If you look at the Panini sticker album, it looks like Orko and the Dragosaur are like best of mates. I'm gonna have to dig that out. I have one of them kicking around somewhere. Oh, it's great. I like this, you know, there's a key bit of uh, filmation dialogue there. You will see it in She-Ra a hell of a lot, and in He-Man. Crushes the Dragosaur, presumably to death, but no, He-Man has to say, that should hold Wormface for a little bit, because obviously that means, oh, he's alive and he'll get out. And She-Ra became really bad in Season 2 when... Um, it's really, really bad. I don't know what happened, but in season two, every time She-Ra fights a Horde Trooper, she's like, take that, robot. That takes care of those robots. And has to insert the word robot at the end of every sentence, and it's really, really forced. Although in some of them, um, uh, I think it's... I can't remember the episode, and they go like, no, they're more like robots. They're not robots, they're robots. Oh, what is that? I know that piece of dialogue. Oh, that's going to bug me now for the rest no, of the time. No, it's from the one with... Uh, oh, it's the one where for Man at Arms and the Professor 
Um, and there's like oh, the Paper of the Ancient Ruins, yeah. That's it, yeah. They're more like robots. Again, the Edwin voice from yes. John There seems to be a recurring theme with us. <laughs> oh, they used to just do a commentary with us just talking like that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, this is um, He-Man references toothpicks twice in the, in the space of literally a minute. I thought they had a major skeleton. It's like really tiny, but and quite badly animated. Let's see you try it, fool, shaking his fist. There's man arms with the mace again. I don't know. It's just really weird. Oh, Triclops! You get to see him using his uh, Distavision. Fire! I just oh, it's such a shame with Triclops. I always find it. You know, you see him in Diamond Ray of Disappearance, and he's like a physical match for He-Man, and in the um, the mini comics that came with his action figure, he was such a good character. In terms of he was like the bounty hunter, and uh, yeah, he's an expert swordsman. And you think, oh, there's so much potential there, and it just got completely wasted in this series. Uh, in the 2002 show, they um, they did a great job with Triclops, you know, turning him from you know the kind of generic bounty hunter into like this uh, mad scientist warrior who's equally as you know proficient as He-Man with the sword. Uh, that's where they got that that character really right in the series. It comes Almost to like Skeletor's version of Man at Arms. Yeah, well, that's yeah. I think that was the uh, probably the the basic idea for the character, and it worked. You know, <laughs> always makes me laugh. That part with them twiddling his fingers, lining up. Here comes. There's the famous uh, Teela jump in the shot. I love the way Ske uh, Teela, Skeletor calls uh, Zalora, my pretty. <laughs> this man onto the base again. It's amazing. Earlier on, he didn't have it. I was wondering where he put it. All I can think just... of is the VHO now and where oh, he man put that. There. I mean, it's, it's weird. It's one of those things. It's like, um, yeah, there are numerous times like. Uh, where He-Man's got his sword, then he doesn't have his sword, then he's got his sword in the following shot. But the Man-at-Arms Macing is just like, what are the animators or director doing in this episode? And this is weird. There's like a sudden jump. It's like, oh, now they're on a raft. So, <laughs> what happened? It's like, you feel like you've missed... And I've, trust me, I've got the script. Nothing happened there. It's like, something was missing. It's like, uh, we're now on a raft, just going towards Dragosaur Isle, like they know where it is. They're in the past... Zalora's been captured. Oh, you want to go that way, mate? No, oh, okay. There <laughs> is again. Ah! I was like Skeletor's throne here. He's in the past, but he's built himself a very cool-looking throne. It's actually better than the one he has in Snake Mountain. It's, it's, it's more impressive. Don't get me wrong, I love the one in Snake Mountain, the old bone throne. Actually, weirdly, one of the um, original colouring books from back in the day, Skeletor's seen on like this throne of bones, but it's all skulls. So it's a really creepy visual. <laughs> like these are my victims, you know, and it's just like Skeletor, like gesturing with his hand, and there's all these um, skulls he's sitting atop of. This was always a very cool little action scene because there's like lots goes on. Um, actually, I think if I remember rightly, uh, I am the, now the lucky owner of a, an illustration from this uh, action scene, oh, as you uh, as you I will wonder, hopefully say. Yeah, I wonder who uh, hey. sent you that. Yeah. <laughs> I think you'll see it here. So yeah, it's been being captured. I always remember this shot from the sticker album there, where he has being dragged towards the plant. Is that one of the parts that made like four? Yes, yeah, yeah, so oh, no, it was. I think it was a tour. I'm going to call it a tour. <laughs> a tour. A tour. I'm pretty sure if we go back, here it is. Look, chop. Oh yeah. And it explodes. Of course it does. 
That's more impressive than a Death Star explosion. <laughs> and that was just a plant. You know, imagine if a planet exploded. End of the series. A man arms has now got a sword. It's, it's just strange this episode. He's had a, a ladder, a mace, a sword. He's got some blasters which don't work until about three minutes time. That's, oh, and he actually he gets um, a boat like something else as well. He, he literally is man up. Man at arms on this episode. There he is with his sword. I love this little laugh at the end. Not to bug us. <laughs> hey man! <laughs> it's just so bad. <laughs> memory serves me right as well. They've they used that waterfall at a certain point whenever you know like it says you know hello suckers and then Prince hello, Adam and Matt from yeah. um, Island of Fear. Yep. I'm pretty sure it's the same waterfall. Actually, I'm, I'm definitely sure because a lot of the backgrounds in that episode for that island are actually this episode. So, good observation. Oh, I love that as well. If you go back, you listen to the sound that the Dragosaurs make. They sound like F F-16 jets. Another <laughs> man-at-arms weapon. Here we go. Like some bolos or something. Or two stones with a bit of string. Night-night. <laughs> This seems to be Fangman's only thing in this episode. He's the master of animals in the past. Because apparently there's no Dragosaurs in modern day Eternia, so it's like, oh, Fangman's only use is if he happens to be going into the past. <laughs> yeah, lucky we got into the past, Fangman's like, yes! <laughs> Score. This is, uh, you know, oh, He Man looks awful there in that shot. Oh. It just looks like he's been drawn wrong. Um. The, the thing that annoys about this episode is if you kind of break it down into not into acts, into just locations, they go back and forward so much in this episode it's like, you know back and forward, back and forward, back and forward just when you think, oh they're going to have like, a confrontation here, no, we're going back to the castle this is always a pretty cool little action scene <laughs> Zalora just collapses more explosions? More explosions. Was this episode done by Michael Bay? Oh, yeah. No, no, because uh, you can see what's the ca which characters are which. Oh, right, okay. In Michael Bay films, you can't tell who's who. <laughs> robotic parts going around. Oh, and also, I remember in the script, I remember reading this. This scene, very, very eerily, the jewel... I don't know if you can see it there. I don't even know if she's got one. The jewel in Zalora's, like... Uh, tiara, as it were, was supposed to glow, and the sorceress was supposed to um, project out of there or project her words through Zalora, which is very overly dramatic. All right, very much like Shira's sword, then. Yeah, yeah, kind of, yeah. Oh, now his blasters are working. <laughs> yes, I don't need any more weapons. Yeah, score. <laughs> sword or mace around. I, I do like this. I, I, the Wheel of Infinity is a great plot device, but sadly, you think I wish it was used earlier in the episode because it just shows up now. And there's a you know the great action scene that follows where He-Man like uh, fights time itself. Not always Skeletor tricks him though. He's <laughs> a creepy laughing. Oh, he's in the zone. I mean, I, I, 
So I was just, I was kind of, like, I got caught up in the action scene. I forgot I was doing a commentary. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I forgot how good this is. Um, I, I always like the animation on this when he starts speeding it up, but the theme song kicks in, and he's like, here I go, I'm speeding it up, and you see his hair move. And as I pointed out before, oh, on a few comments and commentaries of the past, when they, when they move his hair, that means they're spending a bit more money. <laughs> spending money. <laughs> Well, I like this whole action set. I just think it's, uh, I don't know, there's a certain feel or or way uh, the early episodes of the series were told. I think it's I think it's mainly in the way Skeletor's dialogue is delivered. There's a lot of words like fool and uh, lots of evil laughs and lots of running through dimensional gates. It's just something as like season two went on. It just seemed to lose that kind of magic. Oh, yeah, speaking of magic, does he actually bring Fangman and Triclops back with him? And maybe that's why we don't get to see him as much. <laughs> no, Triclops definitely comes back, but I think Fangman, Fangman's still uh, in the castle of evil. Oh, actually, is a, is an interesting one. Um, in this script, uh, Skeletor's uh, fortress that you see him build, building, which clearly they didn't adhere to, was supposed to be was described that that castle was described as a perverted castle grayskull. <laughs> there's, some, there's an interesting piece of uh, text for you, but they never actually uh, went that way, they just built a fault. And the, the end of this episode is actually quite quick, and the sorceress actually gives a nice little speech about how the ape clan and the snake clan became like friends and built the world that is our Eternia. Very nice. There you go. And this bit at the end where the sorceress uh, transforms and zooms over Orko was actually used previously in uh, Teela's quest. You see her transform, Orko flies, she flies over Orko, Orko vanishes into his hat, or does he just vanish? No, in his hat. Doink. I think the other the dialogue from the pre and Teela's quest is, she sure knows how to make an exit. <laughs> and here we have the moral of the story, don't go back in time. Yeah, well no, I like, I love moral, moral sections of this, He-Man goes, but we've just seen, you know, People, uh, Scott sort of travelled in the past. You can't do that, it's make-believe. You're like, oh, hey man, at least, you know, spend my disbelief for a little bit longer. It's just <laughs> like, like... there's one where he says, you know, like, I'm a fictional character, and the only time he actually says, you know, like, basically he's a TV character. Oh, that's, um, that's a double-edged sword. That's, like, the greatest moral, though. Um, here we go, the end credits. So, how, how does it rank with you, James? Oh, it's not the greatest of episodes. It's, it just feels very much like a season one early early episode it's an enjoyable action episode you're not, you, you're not like thinking what's the character's motivation you're like oh that's cool Skeletor you sleep, sleep gas that's as deep as it gets in that episode very enjoyable uh, yeah. and uh, Fangman are you sad that he didn't appear in any more episodes uh, kind of but not really he got to appear in the sticker album and <laughs> in that middle was that centre page battle scene you get to see him uh, kind of stood there someone's kindly illustrated him um, yeah, Fangman just got lost in 1983 and never appeared again. <laughs> well, uh, thank you very much, James, for another awesome commentary. Uh, I look forward to our next one. Uh, as always, I'll not ask you because the last couple I've asked, and you were like, no, I'm not telling, so I'm not going to ask. But uh, thank you very much, and I look <laughs> forward to doing our next one. So thanks again, Mr. E-Talk. Always a pleasure. I'll see you soon. Uh, as I say, you know, you'll get another one of these in the upcoming months. So until next time. As we've just seen, Skeletor went back into the past to make evil things happen. In reality, no one can go back into the past. 
That's only make-believe. But we can try to learn from the past, from things that have happened to us, and try to apply them toward being better people today. Remember, it's today that counts. So make it the best day possible. Until next time, this is He-Man wishing you good health and good luck. Let the power return!